Hello my lovelies, this is Millie and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast where you will find the validation and love you have been searching for. I hope that you guys noticed that for the first time I introduced myself. In all of my podcasts, I've never said my name. I've decided that I needed to be a good example to you guys. And the only way to do that is to show you how to do things the right way. And just because we have these dysfunctional parents or family members doesn't mean we have to hide from it or hide from them. I'm tired of hiding and being scared that someone's going to recognize my voice. Now they have proof. It's me. It's Millie. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea that you can be okay. You can speak out about abuse and use your name. Yes, I'm not using my last name, but hey, one step in the right direction. First of all, let me welcome my new listeners. I hope that you can get a lot out of my podcast, that I can help you navigate through, you know, the realization that your parent is a narcissist and how to, how to deal with it. And for my loyal listeners, thank you. And you know how much I appreciate you. Okay, so um, I just put a post up on, on Instagram about narcissistic tactics. And that's what this podcast is about. And by the way, if you don't already do so, please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. So narcissists can use tactics that you may not have picked up on. Um, I did put, um, I'm going to put a, a trigger warning on the description because you may remember things or things may came, come up when you listen to this podcast because these were things you didn't realize were narcissistic tactics. So one is disrespecting your time. Okay, it's about, it's what I, I put in my uh, post. A narcissist only cares about their own time. Your time doesn't matter. Okay, so here's an example of when my mother used that tactic. And it backfired on her, but they'd still do it. And, and she did it many times. So we were going to her friend's daughter's wedding. I was a teenager and my dad and I had gotten ready. We were dressed and ready to go. And my mother was getting ready and it was an hour and a half, two hours later and she wasn't ready yet. So I remember getting up, getting out of the bedroom, going to the living room where my dad was and looking at him like, what, what's going on? He said, you know what? Take off your dress and get comfortable. And he went in the bedroom and started to take his clothes off as well. My mother got furious because she knew what was happening. We weren't going because of, of us waiting for two hours. She always used the excuse that she had to take care of us before she could 
start getting ready, which was crap because I was 14. I was capable of getting ready and my dad knew how to dress himself. She, you know, because she probably ironed his shirt. That took what, 10, 15 minutes? Okay, so we ended up not going because she can't drive. So she got stuck there. So that's a good happy story. I hope it didn't trigger you, but you may remember things now that are not comfortable, right? Times when your mom made you miss something you weren't wanted to do. Like you were going to, to the movies with your friend and they were going to drive you and she made you late, right? I know that happened to you. I know it did. <laughs> it happened to me. Okay. One of another tactic is promising, promising you something and then not following through with it. And that's very common, right? Um, my story is actually a story of my childhood, which makes me sad to think that I was a little kid and had to suffer through something like this. But um, they were putting a production of Annie at my school and I wanted to audition. The audition was on a Saturday and I had to be there when my name was called and it was in alphabetical order. And my mother was very aware of what that we had to be there. My my last name started with the G. So I had to be there or that was it. It was over. Well, all I know is that they didn't take me on time. And when I got there, they were calling up last names that started with S and T. And they had already skipped over G. And I didn't get the opportunity to audition. What a way to crush a child, a child's, you know, just, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be in the play and I didn't even get a chance because of her, because of them. And I'm sure there's many instances of things that they sabotaged in that kind of way. Another narcissistic tactic is please don't be happy without me. All right. They don't want you to be happy without them. So what's my story here? I have a couple. Um, one was I had a great group of friends when I was 14 years old. There were eight of us, four boys and four girls. And we all lived within a block of each other in New York city. And we used to hang out together and we never did anything wrong. We just hung out. There were eight of us. We, we could have fun that way. We were young and stupid, right? Well, one time it was a winter day. So my, one of our friends, he lived in the same building I did, said, Hey guys, come over to my house and we'll hang out here. And we were listening to music and dancing. And he lived on the first floor. So his living room window was out to the street. You know, you could see from the street. My mother was coming home from work and looked in the window and, and saw us and saw me and went and rang the doorbell, grabbed me by the arm, didn't say a word, dragged me out of there like if I was three years old, took me to our apartment. I ran into my bedroom and started sobbing on my bed. She had humiliated me like... No one had ever humiliated me before. I was so embarrassed. And my friends came over to 
um, to comfort me, but she didn't let them in. So it was a horrible experience. And it comes down to this. I was having a good time and she wasn't there because we weren't doing anything wrong. We were just having fun. So what other times did she ruin my fun? Um, this has to do again with the group of friends that I had. We used to hang out, like I said earlier, hang out every single day in, um, out, outside in the summer, especially outside in the street, just hang out with each other. We would walk around the neighborhood. We used to go to the movies. We'd go get pizza. We'd go to McDonald's, whatever. We just hung out. So my mother, and it was my mother, bought a trailer. And you heard that correctly, a trailer. 38-foot trailer that you had to tow behind a truck. It wasn't, you couldn't drive it. But it wasn't big enough to be a modular home. It was just a freaking trailer. And... It was a punishment, and, and she told me this. She she told me to keep me off the streets. Was I a hooker? You know, I was 14, 15 years old. This was something I realized when I was talking, telling my therapist about the trailer. My therapist was like, were you doing anything wrong? I'm like, no, we were just, we just hung out. And she goes, then why did she need to keep you off the streets? And I realized my mother was holding me prisoner, not keeping me off the streets. She didn't want me to be happy and enjoy myself. So she made sure that I I didn't. And boy, did it work. Every summer, from when I was 13 or 14 until I refused to go after I graduated from high school. I refused to go. At that point... I had to manipulate things so that I didn't have to go. I got a job that summer. And the weekends, I was, I just told her, I'm not going. I'm not working all week and then going over there with you. So it was every weekend. I couldn't hang out with my friends. And then from, my dad would take all of his vacation time during the summer, three weeks in a row, up in the Catskills, by myself, because um, with them, And no other people because people worked. So Monday through Thursday, it was desolate. People started coming to the park on Fridays and there were really no teenagers there. The teenagers I knew were the teenagers that lived in the town called Mountaindale. Um, If any of you know about upstate New York, you probably never heard of Mountaindale. It's a tiny little town. Near, um, it's in Sullivan County, but, um, it's near Tuxedo. That's a town that oh, some people know, but it, Mountaindale, nobody has even heard of because there was nothing there. And that was the punishment, right? I, I kept me prisoner. Um, that's a st- sore spot for me, as you guys can tell. <laughs> I hated going up to the Catskills. Um, Another thing that she took away from me was college. Um, I was enjoying myself a lot. And when I, when I started college, I went to Manhattan College in Riverdale, which was very close to where I lived. 
but it's still I was still free from her. Right? She couldn't just drop by Manhattan College and find me. It was a big campus and um relatively speaking it's small, but it's it's it was big, you know, compared to high like, like in high school she could just drop by if she wanted to. Not 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 here. And I blossomed. I had friends. I enjoyed being there. And I don't want to make this story too long, but coincidentally, one of her best friends from Cuba, her son, ended up going there. And he would see me. He was not a friendly person, not outgoing. He would see me. I wouldn't see him. He would tell his mother, by the time I got home from school, my mother knew who I was with, what I was doing, and so on. Um, so at, after sophomore year, they just pulled me out of school. One of the most horrible things that ever happened to me. I had a panic attack. My first real panic attack was that day that they told me I couldn't, I couldn't continue in my school because I loved it there, but you can't be happy without the narcissist. Okay. So. One of the things, and this is different from what I've said in the before, one of the tactics they use is, is to confuse us, to make us feel like, what's going on? This is insane. Is that you have a fight with them, and the next time you talk to them, they act like literally, literally like nothing happened. Like the fight never happened. So... You, you're sitting there like, she, what, but we had a fight and you're acting as if, not that let's move on, you're acting as if it didn't happen and you start to, to think, oh my God, that's a form of gaslighting because it is really to make you feel uncomfortable and feel crazy and confused. Um, and you probably were the one that made the first move to try to mend fences over the fight because that's what we did, right? We all did that. But they act like it never happened. And it, and it's such a weird, eerie feeling when they do that. Um, so that's another tactic it, to keep you under control. I mean, they just enjoy the fact that you bring up the fight and, and they just acted like nothing had happened, right? Um, kind of attached to that idea of, of kind of having that snarky attitude is, did you ever catch your mom making a face after they did something that satisfied them? Having that satisfaction, that look, or the scowl? Because they are visibly happy and satisfied with themselves and sometimes you can see it on their face I caught my mom a few times I just didn't know what to do with that you know with seeing the scowl or the satisfaction so what's another narcissistic tactic and this one is a little more obvious to most of you is projection and projection is Blaming someone else for something that you feel guilty about or bad about. And remember that behind a narcissist, what's really going on there is they hate themselves so much. 
they are ashamed of everything they've done. So instead of dealing with that bad feeling, they use, they they make you feel bad for what they did and it makes them feel better because somehow that makes them not guilty of doing what they did. Their thinking is very messed up. And what I just said is not to excuse the narcissist. They have no excuse because they do choose to abuse. And they could go in and and say, you know what? I feel horrible about myself. I feel horrible about what I did. Let me get help to try and fix that and stop everything else. So with me and with a lot of you ladies... Sex shaming is big because they probably did a lot of things they are ashamed of themselves. So they accuse you of doing things you didn't actually do or did and it wasn't a big deal and they sex shamed you. They called you a slut when they were the sluts, quote unquote, right? When in reality what they did was normal human behavior, maybe not. Maybe they didn't have normal human behavior, but they can't blame us for what they did. So that's another thing is projection. So what else? This one's interesting. And I may stop after this. How about telling the same story over and over and over again? Has your narcissist done that? They've told you the same story that, To the point where you know every detail of the story. You know the names of people you've never met. Because you've heard the story a hundred times. That is a tactic. It's almost a delusion. They do that because that particular story makes them feel good about themselves. In my mother's case, there's a story about a supposed manager at the Citibank she worked at in um, downtown New York in the 60s, who hit on her. So she tells that story over and over and over. I mean, I mean, it, the year is now, well, the last time I spoke to her was 2017. Um, that's a long time from the 1960s, right? But I knew the manager's name. I knew exactly what happened. And why did I know that? Because she told that story a million times over. Guys, the reason they do that is to make themselves feel better about themselves. They can feel good by just telling a story that happened to them, which may or may not be true, but it lifts their ego, right, to remember that and to make you listen. Another reason to tell a story over and over again may be an accomplishment that they had. Maybe they haven't accomplished a lot in their lives, or maybe they feel like they their accomplishments weren't good enough, but they had some accomplishment back in the day. So they tell that story over and over again to make themselves feel better. I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to wish you all a lot of love, a lot of peace, a lot of joy. I hope that this podcast helped you in some way. I hope it didn't trigger you too much but opened your eyes to some of the things that they did that you may not have realized was even a narcissist thing, but it sure was. Um, I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.
Until next time.